This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. All right, good morning. Thank you so much. Glad you're all here today. I mean that from my heart. I think you made a good decision to be in church today. If you're watching by live stream, we welcome you. Uh, if you got a Bible, go with me to the book of Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, we, in, we are on our series here on the blessing um, week. I don't know how many weeks now, and we still got a ways to go. And so we're going to really shift gears today. Again, I, I ask you to open to Colossians 1. You know, a lot of things that we do in life, sometimes we just do it, but we don't do it with any passion or an expectation. So I encourage you, man, when you come to church, have a passion and have an expectation. It is good to see all of you. I, I see you right there, Daniel. Why don't you raise your hand there, Daniel? This is Daniel Martinez just last week at this time. He was admitted to ICU and wasn't good. And so he, we got to see him on Wednesday and pray with him. It's a blessing that you're even here today, isn't it? So bless you. We're glad you're here. God bless you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right, we are on the book of Colossians chapter 1 and uh, God's nature is to bless. I don't care who you are. God's nature is to bless, okay? Colossians 1, verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father. Why am I to give thanks to the Father who has qualified us or has authorized us or has enabled us or who has made us fit? Who has qualified us for what? To be partakers or to share in the importance of the inheritance of the saints in the light or the saints who live in the light. Now, if Jesus is Lord of your life, if you're born again, you have an inheritance. And the problem with inheritance is sometimes, one, we don't even know we have an inheritance, or two, we don't know how to allocate it. But you have an inheritance and I want to highlight this again. I don't care who you are. If you're born again, this is for you. And so what is your inheritance? Verse 13, he has delivered us from the power of darkness. He has delivered us from, from the tyranny of darkness. He's delivered us from dead-end alleys, from the power of darkness. Now, I don't know what the power of darkness is in your life, but whatever it is, Jesus has delivered you. And so you can stand on that verse and you can claim that and say, Lord, I thank you. You've delivered me. And whatever the darkness in your, in your life or in your, your habits, God has the power to break those. He has delivered you from the power of darkness and has conveyed or transferred you into the kingdom of his son or love. So literally what Jesus did is when you got born again, he took you out of the kingdom of darkness and he moved you into the kingdom of light. In other words, spiritually, you changed your citizenship. Well, you guys are really excited about that. So this is part of your inheritance so if I'm a citizen now of the kingdom of heaven, which I am because of what Jesus did, not only has he set me free from darkness, he's transferred me into this new kingdom. And look what it says in verse 14. In whom we, the we is us who are born again, we have redemption. Now he said he has delivered you. That means he's done it. And he says 
We have redemption. The minute you ask Jesus to come into your heart, and you are redeemed, and he goes on to say, we have redemption. How? Through the blood of Jesus, even the forgiveness of sin. So I got an heritage. I don't have to be dominated by sin. I don't have to be dominated by darkness anymore. So again, yeah, there you go. We got an inherit a great. So again, we start there in verse 12, giving thanks to the Father. Man, I, I am grateful today that he's redeemed me and he set me free from darkness. Turn with me back in the Old Testament to Ezekiel chapter 34. The book of Ezekiel chapter 34. And I'm, I'm moving into the area of the blessing. And I told you that last week that we are going to keep moving in this. And you're going to see stuff biblically on here. Take some notes on this because I believe these are scriptures that you really need to get a hold of. Ezekiel 34. Where's Ezekiel? Isaiah, Jeremiah, uh, Lamentations, then Ezekiel's in there. If you've gone to Daniel, you've gone just a little bit too far. Ezekiel chapter 34. Verse 26, I will make them, and this is what Father God said, I will make them and the places all around my hill. Now, everything I can get from this hill is talking about the church. So he's talking about the people of the church and the church as a, as a whole. And so he says, and I will make them and the places around my heel a blessing. Now, God said this. God said, I will make them a blessing. That little statement there, a blessing, is actually Genesis 12, 2, where the uh, Lord said to Abraham, he said, Abe, I want to bless you. I want to multiply you. I want to make your name great. I want to uh, make you a blessing. You're blessed to be a blessing. Now, this is what the Lord said. I'm going to make the people of the church and the church itself come underneath these blessings. He goes on to say, and I will cause showers to come down in their season. Now, God said, I will do this, and there shall be showers of blessing. When there's that word shall in there, man, receive it. There shall be showers of blessing. Well, shower me, Lord. I welcome that today. Now, I highlight this verse because stand on that. Welcome that. Lord, we welcome your showers of blessing on us and the church of God. So this is part of my inheritance. Now, keep going back to your left. Go to the book of Numbers chapter 6. Numbers chapter 6. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and then the book of Numbers. Now, the song we just ended with and the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. Make his face shine upon you, his countenance be upon you and give you peace. I don't know you're aware of that, but this is number six right here. This is the Bible. It is very powerful when you as a human being, as a born again Christian, begin to speak the word of God out of your mouth or even sing the word of God. So you were singing the word of God. Numbers chapter 6, verse 22, and this is called the blessing right here. So we begin. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his son, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. 
Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. They will put my name on them. They will be marked by my name. Now, I went through that rather fast, and I did that for a purpose. In the next coming weeks, we will take almost every one of those verses, verse 23, 24, 25. You'll see little things, and you don't want to miss these next coming weeks. But I've got to start here with the beginning of this this, uh, passage of Scripture because there's some things in here we've got to get. Now, what am I going to tell you you got to get? Listen to when I read verse 22 and 23, and you're going to catch what we got to get. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, speak to them, pronounce to them. And so the command was here, that as a mother or father, you're to speak or to say these blessings over your children. And what would happen is these blessings would be conveyed to your children, and in the future, your children would convey it to their children, and their children would convey it to their children, and it would just keep cycling. But you got to see something here. If the blessing is to be transmitted The only way the blessing would be transmitted is for me to say it, to speak it, to pronounce this on them. Now, with that thought right there, go with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs 18. And as you're turning here to Proverbs 18, my mouth gives expression. My mouth releases an expectation. I believe this with all my heart that your words and my words are either gate openers or gate closers. They are gate blessings or gate gate cursors. And so when I begin to read these passages of scriptures, get these scriptures, okay? Get these in your heart and mark them down. Proverbs 18, verse 20. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. A man's stomach will be satisfied by the fruit of his mouth. The person who learns to consistently speak the words of God. Now, what did he say? My mouth would be satisfied by the words of my mouth. He didn't say your mouth would be, or you would be satisfied by eating a steak, chicken thing. No. He specifically said, by the words of my mouth. So if my mouth has the ability to satisfy me, then my mouth would also have the ability to dissatisfy me. Look at the last part of verse 20. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. With the consequences of your mouth, you shall be filled. Now, if you'll notice in verse 20, he said, first of all, his mouth, and then he says, his lips. So he's talking to me and you. 
What is coming out of my mouth? What is coming out of my lips? Now, if you've never seen this verse, write this down. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of my tongue, of your tongue. So what happens every day as I go through this life, all day long you are putting seeds out out of your mouth of either death or life. Now this is what the Bible says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. You will eat of the fruit of your tongue, a spiritual law. How many have ever heard this statement right here? You're going to eat your words. Do you know that is a lot more truthful than we really, really think about? You're going to eat your words. You're going to eat your words. So what are you eating? Well, all day, every day, day after day, again, I'm speaking life or death. So to change my life, i got to change my words. Now, here's what happens with us a lot of times. We say stuff like this out of our mouth. Man, my marriage is horrible. It's never going to make it. I'm always broke. I never have enough. But even in this area of with our children, we say stuff over our children like this. My children are driving me crazy. My children never obey me. My children are disobedient. And so what begins to happen is even in these areas of my life and your life, we are speaking curses without even realizing it. Matthew 12, 34 says, out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth will speak. So whatever is in your heart will be revealed out of your mouth. If you want to understand what's in your heart, just listen to what you're saying. Ouch. So when I see Proverbs 18, 21, this is very, very powerful because the words out of my mouth, they establish my witness here on the earth. So a couple years back, sometimes I get into a kind of a funk and I begin to say negative things. How many of you got where you've caught yourself and it just seems like, I am a habitual complainer. So I'm praying about this and I'm, I'm in areas of my life and God started dealing with me. And he said to me, he said, after every uh, a phrase that you say out of your mouth, I want you to tag it with, and that's just the way I want it to be. And so I thought about this, so that's just the way I want to be. Well, my marriage, all we do is fight like cats and dogs, and that's just the way I want it to be. We never have any money. And that's just the way I want it to be. 
We never have any fun in life, and that's just the way I want it to be. I don't know if my kids will ever obey me, and that's just the way I want it to be. So we say those things, but those are truly not what we want it to be. But if I really believe what he said in Proverbs 18, 21, life and death are in the power of my tongue. So in my life, I have to realize out of my mouth, I'm speaking death or I'm speaking life. The only one that can change that is me with the help or the grace of God. So what are you speaking out of your mouth? So again, we're getting back to this area of blessing. And remember what the Lord said to Moses. He said, and you will say to them, what are you saying to them? Go with me into the New Testament to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. See, I highlight this because I don't want to destroy my inheritance by my words. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Just one little verse in here that the Apostle Paul used that was tucked in here. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13. And since we have the same spirit of faith, or like precious faith, according to what is written... So my faith is, is based on what's written. When I talk about the written word of God, that is called the logos. The logos is the written. So my faith is based on the written word of God. So if my faith is based on the written word of God, how does the written word come alive? Look, keep reading this. I believed, I believed the written word, therefore I spoke the written word. We also believe, and therefore we speak. The Passion Translation says, I first believe, then I spoke in faith. So what happens is this, is when I find the written word of God, I begin to speak it out of my mouth, and I speak the word out of my mouth. That's called the rhema. And so anytime you begin to speak the word of God out of your mouth, Something is beginning to happen. And let me highlight, doesn't matter how old you are. You young ones in here, find scripture and begin to speak the word over your life. If you're married, speak the word over your marriage. When you send your little children out, speak the blessing of God over them. Find scripture and live by scripture. I read Colossians 1.13 where it said he's delivered me out of the power of darkness. I spoke that word day by day by day. I had it on three by five cards. Back when I was 20 years old, I was stumped in life because of a thing called alcohol. So I would say this, Father God, you said in Colossians 1.13 that your son has delivered me out of the power of alcohol. That was the darkness in my life. I spoke it and I spoke it. And I would pray it. I would look at myself in the mirror and I'd say, ooh, I got inheritance. My God said he's delivered me out of the power of darkness, which was alcohol. You know what happened? I got delivered. I got set free. Speak the word. Speak the word over your marriage. Ephesians 5 says, husbands, we're to love our wives like Christ loved the church. What would happen if I begin to quote that? Woo, Father God, your DNA's within me. I'm going to love my wife like Christ loved the church. 
Well, pastor, she's an old haggy naggy. That's all she ever does. And that's just the way I want it to be. Go with me to the book of James chapter 3. James chapter 3. Now, I can't do this this morning because of time. Read the entire chapter of James 3. I believe personally it's the most important chapter in the entire New Testament based on our our tongues, the power of our tongue. James 3, verse 1. My brethren... You know, the people that are sitting around you and you that are born again, this is written to me and you. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers or Bible teachers in the church. Why? Knowing that you will receive a stricter judgment, a more severe judgment. Now, I can tell you personally I am very aware of this verse that I know there will be a day in my life that I'll stand before the Lord on a stricter judgment because the Lord knows the things that I teach or I don't teach, he's going to hold me accountable for. If you have thoughts of going into the ministry, tattoo this one on your heart, okay? Verse 2, for we all... Brethren, every one of us in here, for we all stumble in many things. We all stumble and fail in many things. If you were to read that verse in the Amplified, it says we stumble often. We stumble in many things. If anyone, and you might as well put your name besides anyone, If anyone does not stumble in word, or especially in his words, he is a perfect man, a sound man, a complete man. That word perfect there denotes a mature man. If he does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man and he is able also to bridle the whole body. Better stated here, because of the words of my mouth that I learned to speak, I'm able to control my whole nature. Now, if I read this correctly and you read, it shows me real quick the power of our tongue. Don't stumble. Don't stumble in word. So what James does here, he gives three analogies. I can't go through them all, okay? The first one analogy, he likens a bit in a horse's mouth. And he says that that bit, that little bit in that powerful horse's mouth, it has the ability to stop a horse or direct a horse. Just with that little tuck. The next analogy he gives us is the rudder to proportion to a ship. So I think about this. When you see these massive cruise ships, story after story after story, 
You know what directs that cruise ship? That little thing called the rudder. And that little thing called the rudder has the capabilities of navigating that ship wherever it wants to go. And it even navigates that ship in the storms. Now the analogy again is the power of your tongue. So the power of my tongue, it has the ability to say, whoa, big fella, whoa. In other words, shut up. But it also has the ability to navigate me through life, even in the storm's life. Now, if any of you are in a storm right now, double down on the word of God and be real careful what you allow to come out of your mouth. Verse five, Ooh, get ready, mark this, write this. Even so, the tongue is a little member. What this is talking about, your tongue is a little member in, in proportion to the rest of your body. It's a little member. But it boasts great things. See how great a forest, a little fire kindles. So what was he talking about here? My tongue, even though it's little in proportion to the rest of the body, it has the potential to cause great harm like a forest fire. Now, the reason I picked this analogy right now, because in our nation, California, Oregon, what? There's crazy wildfires. Some of the haze we've gotten is from that. And sometimes when you read about these wildfires that are going on, how did they start? Just a little spark. Someone threw a cigarette butt out the window. And I was reading the other day where one of those has burned so many million acres. So right here, he's telling us the power of your tongue, just that little word has the potential to wipe out things. Do you know they say that when a forest fire burns up a forest, for that forest to come back takes 13 years. Wow. This was James' analogy with my tongue and your tongue. Verse 6, and the tongue is a fire. It's a world of iniquity, the sum total of wickedness. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. And you want to write this here, okay? Look at this. The words that come out of my mouth have the potential to defile my whole body. Be careful, little tongue, what you say. Back to verse 6. And it sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell. What? The power of my tongue. Now, the reason I really highlighted this one, one translation says it's this, 
a fire that passes through successive generations. That's the potential in me and you's tongue if I'm not completely aware of the words I say. Words aren't cheap, okay? They cost. Verse 8 or 7. For every kind of the beast and bird and reptile and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. That's true. Let me, let me, let me highlight that a second. How many of you have ever been to SeaWorld and seen the dolphins perform? How many of you have ever seen the, the, the walrus do crazy things? How many of you have ever had a parakeet talk to you? This is what this is talking about. We, we understand how we can train animals. Verse 8, but no man can tame the tongue. It, the tongue, is an unruly, evil, full of deadly poison. It's fickle. It's unrestrained. It has the capabilities of to spew poison. Now he said, the tongue is untamed and man can't tame it. Do you know that's true? You can't tame it. But the Holy Spirit can. Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23, the apostle Paul talked about the fruit of the Spirit. One of the fruit of those, of the nine fruit of the Spirit, is the fruit of self-control. What happens when we say, Holy Spirit, just as mankind has tamed the animals, Holy Spirit, tame my tongue. I welcome you to put a, 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 an anointing of self-control on my tongue. How many of you in here could use an anointing of self-control on your tongue? That I speak before I think. But just this invitation, Holy Spirit, work in me. Work in me. Do a work within me. You know, years ago, we, we begin to study these scriptures, and I'm talking about me and Shelley. And oh my gosh, sometimes my, my pistol was like a, a revolver, or my tongue was like a revolver. I could, I could shoot six bullets just like that without even thinking. Just, and I got where I realized, man, I, I've got to get my mouth in line with the Word of God. So me and her made a covenant, an agreement. And we said that any time one of us speaks a word or a phrase out of our mouth that doesn't line up with the word of God, the other one has permission to correct them. Sounded good to start with. But when we started doing that, she got to correct me every 10 times. I only got to correct her once. And I didn't like it. And I would just pat, pat, pat. And she would look at me and she was saying, is that what you want to happen? I said, no. Well, why are you saying it? Because I just have the tendency to spew without thinking. But something began to happen. Something began to happen. And I began to be very careful with what would come out of my mouth. You know, it's the flu season. And you watch, everybody in my family will get it. And that's just the way I want it to be. 
See, many times we join in conversations without realizing the consequences that are going to be established with the words out of my mouth. So I'm highlighting this because in my life, my tongue was like a gun. Verse 9. With it, with my tongue, we bless our God and Father, and with it, my tongue, we curse, who've made, uh, we curse men who've been made in the similitude or the likeness of God. So you were already saying, out of your mouth, you say, Woo, I bless my father. And then the next sentence, I curse my children. Now look how he ends in verse 10. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing my brethren, me and you. These things ought not to be so. So when I read this right here, you know what he's telling me and you? Knock it off. This isn't how it should be. So he's saying, learn to discipline yourself in speaking blessings. Don't speak over children the things you don't want to happen. Do you know the number one reason children fail is the things that are spoken over them? Because those things that are spoken over them become painted in their little minds and their hearts. You're stupid. You're just like your daddy. Hard-headed. And that's just the way I want it to be. And see, we say things at times. We don't mean them, but we say them. And if I truly believe what he said in the passage of Scripture here, life and death are in the power of my tongue. So if I'm charged to speak the blessing over my children, then man, i got to get a hold of this. And so when I read all this right here, I don't have to ask who in this room is guilty. We're all guilty. And so he said, we, we've fallen many things. We've stumbled in many things. So what I do in this, I come before Father God and I said, Father God, I've said things out of my mouth over my children, over my marriage, over things in my life. I repent of it, Lord. I, I ask you to forgive me. And now I ask you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I welcome your help. Grace me in this area. And it's a prayer of mine. Grace me. Grace me in my tongue. Grace me to speak blessing. Grace me to speak life. Now I'm going to ask you to stand up right there where you're at. Where's the rudder of your mouth leading you? Where is it navigating you? You know, I've had people say this on this passage before. You really believe that stuff? I said, yep, I've seen it. I've spoke the things of God over my life. I keep, I keep speaking them. So first of all, you have to repent of doing that. Second of all, you say, Father God, grace me in this area. 
Put, put the self-control in me, Holy Spirit. And then I got to ask God to discipline in me, Miriam, where I start affirming the things of God over my life and my children day by day by day. Speak the blessing over them. I'm going to ask you to just close your eyes. And I know I'm not, I'm not Father God. But with your eyes closed, I, I want to pray number six over you right now. And I just want you to get, get this in your heart. That this is Father God speaking this over you. Every one of you in this room. This is what Father God says to you. The Lord bless you. And the Lord keep you. And the Lord make his face shine upon you. And the Lord be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. say that in Jesus name because he said the Lord would put his name upon you I say that because I don't know your background I don't know when you're here today if, if you've ever had a father or a mother pronounce a blessing over you but you know what I can tell you you're worthy of it that our God said, I qualified you. I qualified you. And so they're going to sing the blessing again. And I'm going to open this altar up. And you may want to come down here. You may want to come down here before God. Individually, maridly, may, maybe families and say, Lord, I'm, I'm going to repent of this today. I'm going to repent. And this is how we're going to start out right here because God's wanting to do something. And he said, and you will say to them, what are you saying to them? He wants to grace us. Woo, he wants us to bless. So the first thing we're going to do here, we're just going to sing this and then we'll move on. Go ahead, guys. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.